For I've had enough of this world and its pleasures. I will arise and go forth to the house of my young. I will arise and go forth to the house of my father. I will arise and go forth to the house of my young. House of my young. Shalom, and welcome to today's teaching on the Hebraic roots of Christianity, where we study first century Christianity and the faith that Jesus, whose Hebrew name is Yeshua, which means salvation, taught his disciples. And now, Hebraic roots teacher Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries International. Shalom, I'm Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries, and we welcome you to today's teaching on the subject, The End Time Battle Between Jacob and Esau. This is part three of the series. Next, we want to look at Daniel chapter 2. Daniel chapter 2 contains a dream of Nebuchadnezzar and Daniel interpreting that dream. Daniel chapter 2, verses 1 through 3. In the second year of the reign of Nebuchadnezzar, Nebuchadnezzar dreamed dreams where his spirit was troubled and his slate break from him. Then the king commanded to call the magicians, the astrologers, the sorcerers, and the Chaldeans to show the king his dreams. So they came and stood before the king. And the king said, I have dreamed a dream and my spirit is troubled know or to understand the dream. Daniel chapter 2 verse 19 it goes on to say, then was the secret or the dream revealed unto Daniel in a night vision. The God of Israel gave him the answer and Daniel had a vision. Then Daniel blessed the God of heaven. Daniel chapter 2 verse 24 therefore Daniel went in into Ariok whom the king had ordained to destroy the wise men of Babylon. He went and said thus unto him, destroy not the wise men of Babylon. Bring me in before the king and I will show unto the king the interpretation. Daniel goes on to explain in Daniel chapter 2 verse 25 Then Ariok brought in Daniel before the king. Daniel chapter 2 verse 31 and 32. You, O king, you saw a great image. The image head was of fine gold and that represents Babylon. His breast and his arms of silver and belly. This has got to represent the kingdom that defeated Babylon which is the Medes and the Persians and thighs of brass. That's got to represent the Grecian Empire. His legs of iron. That's got to represent the Roman Empire, and then his feet, part of iron and part of clay. So the kingdom in the end of days, during the time of Jacob's trouble, is the Ten Toes, Ten Toes Kingdom. Because it, then it goes on to say, in Daniel chapter 2, verse 35, Then was the iron, the clay, the brass, the silver, and the gold broken to pieces. And there was a stone that smote the image, and it became a great mountain and filled the whole earth. The stone is the judgment upon the nations, which happens for dividing the land, defeating Feeding the ten toes rule and reign in the earth in the end of days and with the defeat of the ten toes we have Messiah setting up his kingdom and ruling and reigning on the earth with redeemed Jacob. Regarding the ten toes Daniel chapter 2 verse 41 it says whereas you saw the feet and toes part of potter's clay and part of iron the kingdom shall be divided but there shall be in it of the strength of the iron for as much as you saw iron mixed with clay. The word mixed 
six there is the Strong's number 6151. It's the Aramaic word Arab. So in describing the ten toes that was mixed, it says iron Arab with clay. Iron Arab, which means mixed with clay. In the book A Matter of Return by Rabbi Eisenberg, in commenting on the ten toes, he gives an explanation that the ten toes represents Esau and Ishmael combined. Now we would render it this way in our modern world. It is Western civilization seeking to unite with the Muslim world. And that is what the West is trying to do. The United States is trying to make friends with the Arab world and accepting Islam. And they're welcoming Islamic and Islamic beliefs in the United States now. They're not stepping down on any persecution of Islam or Islamic beliefs in the United States. Europe has encouraged Muslims to move into Europe and mosques are dominating England right now and overtaking England. So they're seeking to merge, the West is seeking to merge itself with Islam. But the prophecy says that iron and clay don't mix. They have opposing ideologies and they're not able to be merged. What did I mention earlier in my comments about the events that's happening in Israel right now and the intent? The Western powers, the United States and Europe, wants to merge the Middle East with Europe. They want to combine the iron and the clay. But the prophecy says that it doesn't work. We have a comment in the congregation that says that supposedly Prince Charles, who's supposed to be the protector of Christian faith under the auspices of the Anglican Church converted to Islam back in the 70s. There's a report of that. The next characteristic is from Psalm chapter 83, and that is the Esau coalition wants to make the name of Israel to cease to exist. Psalm 83, verses 2 through 5, it is written, For lo, your enemies make a tumult, and they that hate you have lifted up the head. They've taken crafty counsel against your people. They've consulted your hidden ones. They have said, Come, and let us cut them off from being a nation, that the name of Israel may be no more in remembrance. They have consulted together with one consent, they are a confederate against you. So speaking about this coalition that wants to make the name of Israel be no more in remembrance, it describes the coalition this way, Psalm 83, verse 6. The tabernacles of Edom, or the tents of Edom, or the house of Edom. So this coalition together is named in the name of Esau. The tabernacles are the tents of Esau. And this tent, or this house, or this coalition consists of the Ishmaelites, Moab, Moab, Hagarines, Gebal, Ammon, Amalek, Philistines, Tyre, Asher, the children of Lot. We in the Western world would call this coalition the Arab world. And so the coalition of the Arab world that's coming against the nation of Israel, the Bible calls it, it's under the auspices of Esau, or the house of Esau. So let's summarize these characteristics of Jacob and Esau in the end of days, so that we can understand whether we are in this conflict now, which when the conflict draws in the entire world into it, it is called Jacob's trouble. Number one, Esau wages a war of violence against Jacob. That's Ezekiel chapter 35 verse 5. Number two, Esau says the mountains of Israel is his possession. That's Ezekiel 36 verses 1 and 2. Number 3, Esau hides in caves. Obadiah chapter 1 verse 3. Number 4, Esau is fighting violently against Jacob. The Hebrew word for violence is Hamas. Obadiah chapter 1 verse 10. And Esau fighting against Jacob is a 
curse, and it's associated with the curse of Allah, Daniel chapter 9, verse 11. And then there's a coalition of the end of days of Western power seeking to merge itself with and join with Arab forces, and that's Daniel chapter 2, verse 41, that's iron mixed with clay, the word mixed is Arab. And then finally, Esau wants to make the name of Jacob to be no more in remembrance. There's a coalition that comes together that seeks to destroy the nation of Israel. From those characteristics, can you see that we are in the conflict now? And these are the characteristics of the conflict that characterizes tribulation days. Now, in Obadiah chapter 1 verse 15, the setting is the day of the Lord, which is the end of days, which is tribulation and messianic times. And in the Torah anthology to the book of Obadiah and the book of the Twelve Prophets, volume 1, page 485, it explains that in the day of the Lord, or that the end of days, that Esau will be defeated. And it quotes Ezekiel 35, verse 11. Therefore, as I live, says the Lord God, I will do according to your anger and according to your envy, which you have done out of your hatred against them. According to hatred you have against the children of Israel, I'm going to do against you. In the arch scroll of Ezekiel, page 543, it comments to Obadiah chapter 1, verse 21, which says, at that time, that is the day of the Lord, that book of the Bible is dealing with Esau's judgment for his conflict with Jacob. Saviors will go up on Mount Zion. Now, the Saviors going up on Mount Zion is what the book of Revelation picks up and refers to as the 144,000 in Revelation chapter 7, Revelation chapter 14. The 144,000 are seen as being on Mount Zion. Saviors will go up on Mount Zion to punish Mount Esau. Then the kingdom will be the Lord's. Messiah will set up his kingdom once he sets his feet down on the Mount of Olives. Esau, as the force of evil in the world, Esau's downfall and judgment will usher in messianic times. In the art scroll of the Twelve Prophets, volume 1, in the commentary to the book of Obadiah, it goes on to explain that Arbabanel and Malbum, two rabbis, also understand that the destruction of Edom refers to the final annihilation which will take place in messianic times, in the messianic era. Now, how will Esau be defeated? We already mentioned that Jacob has to do so with his voice. He has to do it spiritually. He has to draw close to the God of Israel, follow his Torah, and stand on the covenant that was made with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. That's how the victory is achieved. But here we're going to be given additional detail that in order for Esau to be defeated, that the entire house of Jacob must unite. In other words, Ephraim and Judah, the two houses of Israel, only united, only united can defeat Esau. They must unite or else they will not be able to get the upper hand over Esau. So in the Art Scroll of Genesis, page 1314, as Rashi expresses it, when Rachel had given birth to Jacob, Joseph, and Joseph is the father of the ten tribes, who is, and Joseph, who is destined to be the adversary of Esau. So the commentary to Obadiah chapter 1 verse 18, which says, And the house of Jacob shall be a fire, and the house of Joseph a flame, and the house of Esau shall be a straw. Fire is a reference to Jacob, who without a flame, that is, Joseph, is ineffective. And it's only with the birth of Joseph, who is like a flame, 
could Jacob hope to defeat Esau? The Art Scroll of Ezekiel, page 546. According to Baba Basra 123b, that's a Talmudic source, Rachel's descendants are the antagonists of Esau. Joseph is to be the flame which will consume the straw, which is Esau. Israel never won a victory over Edom unless its army contained contingents from Joseph's family. Edom had enjoyed military success against the kingdom of Judah, Second Kings chapter 8, verse 20 and 22. But they were not able to have military success against northern kingdom and southern kingdom combined. In the Torah anthology to the book of the Twelve Prophets, volume 1, it also communicates this understanding that the descendants of Esau can only be overcome by the power of the sons of Rachel. And this specifically refers to Joseph, the head of the ten tribes, rather than Benjamin, because Benjamin is seen as being with and sojourning with Judah. In the Art Scroll to the Twelve Prophets, Volume 1, page 277, commenting to Obadiah chapter 1, verses 15 through 18, it goes on to explain that the descendants of Joseph, who will ultimately return from the exile imposed upon them by the Assyrian Empire, that is the Ten Tribes, it is their return from their exile who will come upon Edom like a raging fire and consume the entire nation. So it's only when the ten tribes return from exile, which means they unite with Judah, is how Esau can be defeated. This is the biblical solution to the problem. If we try anything else, we will be overcome in the conflict. And the Torah anthology to the book of the Twelve Prophets, volume 1, commenting to Obadiah chapter 1, verse 21, that says, And liberators, or saviors, or helpers, will come upon Mount Zion to judge the Mount of Esau, and then the dominion or the kingdom will be the Lord's. What's the kingdom? them being the Lord. That's the Messianic kingdom. That's Messiah setting up his kingdom. So what precedes Messiah setting up his kingdom? It is the liberators coming. That is Judah uniting with Ephraim to defeat Esau. They not only come together physically, but they come together spiritually. They unite and stand together spiritually. According to some traditions, the liberators who will come upon Mount Zion refers to those who have been locked away on the other side of the river Sabatian which is where the rabbis teach the ten tribes were exiled beyond the river Sabachin. In the time of redemption, they will come on Mount Zion to judge the Mount of Esau. Remember that the end of days is told in the beginning. Remember that the things that happen in the book of Genesis is a foreshadowing of what will happen in the future history of the nation of Israel. Now let's look to the commentary to Amos chapter 9 from the Torah Anthology in the book of the Twelve Prophets, volume one. On page 459 it explains, the story of Joseph and his brothers, Genesis chapter 38 verse 50, is not an unfolding of chance events. Every detail stemmed from God and served his purpose. For the Almighty unfolded that the deeds of the fathers, or the things that happened to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, or the things that happened in the book of Genesis, are a sign or a prophetic foreshadowing of what will happen to their descendants. The conflict between Joseph and his brothers were an indication regarding the future splitting of the kingdom of Israel into the kingdom of Judah and the kingdom of Ephraim, son of Joseph. When later Joseph made himself known to his brothers, the reconciliation which ensued, Genesis 45, alludes to a future time. The two kingdoms will unite into one kingdom. Thus the Midrash teaches, and he sent Judah before him to Joseph to show the way before him to Goshen. Genesis chapter 46, verse 28. The scripture writes that the wolf and the lamb will feed together. 
together. Isaiah 65, 25. The wolf is Benjamin, and the lamb represents the ten tribes. Oh, interesting. A lamb represents ten tribes. As it says, Israel is a scattered sheep, Jeremiah 50, verse 17. And the lion will eat straw, Isaiah 65, verse 25. The lion is Judah, as it says, Judah is a lion's whelp, Genesis chapter 49, verse 9. The ox is Joseph, Isaiah 65, 25, as it says, Let the blessing come upon the head of Joseph, his firstborn ox, Deuteronomy chapter 3, verse 17. The scripture conveys that the kingdom of Judah and the kingdom of Ephraim, son of Joseph, will eat and graze together as a single dominion. This reunification of the brothers in the book of Genesis, Genesis chapter 45, is a foreshadowing of redemption in the end of days. In the art scroll of Genesis on page 1943, it explains, the reunion of Joseph and Judah brought about the redemption of their family from the exile of antagonism and isolationism and paved the way for the growth of Israel into a great and mighty nation. The Midrash also implies that the redemption from the current last exile is foreshadowed in the Egyptian experience. Joseph's personal exile from his family is likened to the national history of the last 19 centuries. Catch this thought. If the renewed love of those brothers is duplicated by their modern descendants, our redemption will come as did theirs. This love has to be duplicated by by their modern descendants. In other words, Ephraim and Judah need to come together and embrace in order for the redemption to come about. In the art scroll of Ezekiel, on page 551, it explains that Joseph will return with Judah to the land of Israel from Ezekiel chapter 36 and verse 10. And I will multiply men upon you, that is, the mountains of Israel. The entire family of Israel, all of it. The commentary to and I will multiply men upon you, that's Ezekiel 36 verse 10, speaking about the mountains of Israel and the art scroll of Ezekiel on pages 550 and 551, the entire family of Israel, all of it, in the view of Radok and Metzudos, the phrase alludes to the return of the ten tribes, that there will be a reunification of Ephraim and Judah upon the mountains of of Israel. When the ultimate redemption comes, when there's a unification of Ephraim and Judah, when Esau is defeated, when Messiah is appointed head of the two houses, or when Messiah is appointed the head and declared by the two houses of Israel, we are told in Isaiah, in the book of Isaiah, that the envy of Ephraim will depart, and they that harass the adversaries of Judah will be cut off. Ephraim will not envy Judah, and Judah will not vex Ephraim. The conflict between them will be no more. There will be no envy. There will be no strife and vexing between Ephraim and Judah, because that's been the problem. And it's when the unification comes that the God of Israel will celebrate by bringing about the redemption. Not only does the defeat of Esau come about through the uniting of the two houses of Israel, Ephraim and Judah, but it's also seen that it's the Messiah who will defeat Esau, because in judging the nations 
for dividing the land of Israel, he's also going to be judging Esau and causing Esau to be desolate. In the book, I await his coming every day by Rabbi Menachem Schneerson on page 16, which is his commentary to Moses Maimonides or the Rambam to his work, Mishnah Torah. In the section of Mishnah Torah that speaks of the laws of the kings and the laws of the coming of the Messiah, in chapter 11, Maimonides espouses what the Messiah will do. And in explaining the Messianic word, he explains that the Messiah will defeat Esau. Edom will be demolished. This refers to David as it is written. Edom became the servants of David. His enemy, Mount Seir, will be destroyed. This refers to the work of King Messiah as it is written. Saviors will send Mount Zion to judge the Mount of Esau. Obadiah chapter 1 verse 21. In the book of redemption by Moses Nachmanides or the Ramban, on page 53, he also explains that the stone which smote the ten toes, the iron and the clay, from Daniel chapter 2, verse 41, refers to the Messiah who will prevail over the fourth kingdom and the ten toes of the fourth kingdom. In the Art Scroll of Genesis, on page 1447, it explains that King Messiah would defeat Esau. The Sefer HaChanuk notes that at the root of this mitzvah lies the assurance, even though exiled Israel will endure affliction and persecution at the hands of Esau's descendants, it will survive. Israel's progeny and name will endure, and Messiah will redeem it from the hand of its oppressor. Let's see in the scriptures where we're told that the Messiah defeat Esau. Isaiah chapter 63, verses 1 and 2. Who is this that comes from Edom with dyed garments from Bozra? This that is glorious in his apparel, traveling in the greatness of his strength. I that speak in righteousness mighty to save. The one that comes from Edom is one that speaks in righteousness and is mighty to save. Who is the one that speaks in righteousness and is mighty to save? It's Yeshua the Messiah. And it goes on to say, Isaiah 63 verse 2. Why are you red in your apparel and your garments like him that treads in the wine fat? Why is his garments red? Because he's waging war and it's blood that's come upon his garments. And so we see this in Revelation chapter 19 verse 13 when it describes Yeshua returning to the earth as a mighty warrior riding on a white horse and it describes him this way. He was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood. Why is his vesture dipped in blood? Because he's waging war against the nations. He's waging war against Esau, defeating the nations, defeating Esau. And his name is called the Word of God. Who is the Word of God? It's Yeshua the Messiah, John, in chapter 1. We are called to be watchmen. And the watchman cry is the time is at hand. Let us arise and go to Zion. Going to Zion is following Torah, proclaiming the Messiah, standing for the covenant that was made with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, preparing for the end of the exile of the house of Jacob, the reunification of Ephraim and Judah, and Messiah setting up his kingdom. That is Zion. Jeremiah 31 verse 6. For there shall be a day, and i like to submit to you that that day is today. There will be a day that the watchman, I'd like to submit to you that you've just heard a watchman message, that the watchman upon Mount Ephraim will cry, Arise and let us go to Zion unto the Lord our God. For this reason, we are to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Psalm chapter 121 verse 4. Behold, he that keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. Who is he that keeps Israel? It's Yeshua the Messiah. Therefore, Psalm 122 verse 6. 
pray for the peace of Jerusalem. They will prosper that love thee. What are you praying for when you're praying for the peace of Jerusalem? You're praying for the end of the exile of the house of Jacob. You're praying for the unification of the house of Israel and the house of Judah. You're praying for the coming of King Messiah. You're praying for the Messianic era. You're praying for the peace of Zion redeemed. And you're ultimately praying for the new Jerusalem where Messiah will dwell with his bride. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. They will prosper that love thee. Well, that's going to conclude part three of the series on the subject, the end time battle between Jacob and Esau. Shalom in Yeshua the Messiah. Amen. Thank you, Eddie. This is Stephen Morgan, and all of us here at Hebraic Heritage Ministries pray that you have enjoyed today's teaching. If you've been blessed, will you help us to share this message with others? Hebraic Heritage Ministries is supported by your generous financial gifts. In order to help you in your studies and to help us share this message with others, we are offering today the DVD, Yeshua the Lawgiver, for free for a love gift of any amount to the ministry. Hebraic Heritage Ministries also offers a monthly discipleship program. If you are interested in starting a fellowship group in your area, let us know. We would like to help you. Please contact us for more details. Our website is hebroots.org. That's H-E-B-R-O-O-T-S dot O-R-G. We would like to hear from you. Please send us an email. Finally, in order to take advantage of today's free offer, please mention this product offer and please mail your love gift to Hebraic Heritage Ministries, P.O. Box 81, Strasburg, that's S-T-R-A-S-B-U-R-G, Ohio, 44680. Until next time, may Yeshua richly bless you.